Man, I feel some excitement in the room. Let's shift our hearts from the things of the week, and let's put our full focus on our King and our Lord. Can we do that this morning? So let's raise our hands right now to our King. Jesus, we come in this room this morning, and we say we are going to give you our time, we're going to give you our mind, we're going to give you everything because you are worthy of our worship. So Father, this morning we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you power. We give you praise. And Father, we will declare the truths of our King that you are good. So church, as we worship, let's worship our King in fullness this morning. God, I thank you that you are worthy. God, I thank you that you are holy. God, I thank you that you are the name above all names. And we bless your name. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Jeremiah is talking to Israel. They're sent into captivity in a foreign nation. And here's what the word of the Lord is to the Israelis. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. That word welfare is shalom. What would give peace in your city? We are not allowed to go, well, somebody should do something. I know, let's make Tareen do it all. You're not allowed. In the kingdom, you are a servant. You are responsible. I am responsible with our time, our service, our gifts. We don't get the option to stand aside and wait for somebody else to do something. The word of the Lord. But seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its shalom, you will find your shalom. How many of you are in need of a breakthrough in some area of your life? Finances, a relationship, uh, uh, you know, moving into your destiny. How many? Come on, put up your hands. Are you in need of something to change? Okay. The shalom of the city contains your shalom. The breakthrough of the city contains your breakthrough. Pray to the Lord. Worship. Give. Serve. No more half-hearted measures. No more lukewarm. No more half in, half out. It's time to be wholehearted. Seek the Lord. Pour out your heart as we go back into worship. Lavish your affection on Him. Pour out your heart to Him. In the release there is your release. I feel like we have a a couple more minutes in us to worship, but I want to read something to you. Matthew 6, it says this. We're familiar with this one. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seeking is an action word. And I was thinking about when I was a young kid. Many of you have done this. We all played hide and seek whether it was with our friends or whether it was with our older siblings. I used to play with my older sibling. And my older sibling was way better at the game than I was. She knew how to hide. And she knew how to hide well. And when I would go and look for her, I mean, it would take me so long to find her. But there was something inside of me. There was a commitment in me The commitment was, I wouldn't stop until I found her. The commitment was, I know she can be found. I refuse to stop. I'm going to continue to look until I find her. And one thing I learned about my sister 
was there were certain places she liked to hide. And as I got to know more and more, I'd go straight to those places and it wasn't so hard anymore. You see, there's certain places he likes to be. And if we're willing to go to those places, we'll find him. You see, he's not stuck in the carnal. He's not stuck in our doubts. He's not stuck in all the bad stuff. He's stuck in this other realm and he's saying, come and find me there. Because if you come and find me there, everything shifts. Everything changes. I can be found. But I'm not coming into those places. I want you to come into this place. So I'm going to tell you, we're just going to go back in for a minute. I just want you just to seek him a little bit more. Because this is what we're learning how to do. We're learning how to find him. We're learning how to push that stuff aside. And we're learning how to find him. So let's take one more minute. Let's just seek him with everything in us. Can we say something together? I feel like this seeking thing, it's tough. Because even when we did that, some people were able to go. And for some of us, it was like we need a song to go there or whatever. Seeking's not always easy. This seeking thing's a journey. It really is. I'm going to challenge you with that. It's a journey. And I could feel like even going into those two or three minutes that if we're not sure where to go, it's like I'm just going to drop out here. But I'm going to tell you the one thing that we try to learn every Sunday is that we don't actually drop out. We actually continue to navigate until we learn to find him. Until we learn to find him. And so I'm going to ask us just to say something because I feel like it starts with us making a commitment. Do we agree with that? I think it starts with us making a commitment. So can we say this? I commit to seeking you. I commit to seeking you. I commit to seeking you. I'm telling you, if we make that our commitment, I, I feel like some of it's the frustration. I've, I've gone there many times. Don't stop. Don't quit. It's a relentless pursuit of a mighty king. And you will find him. Can we say amen? That's great. Well, I'm honored to, uh, to invite our speaker today. Paul gets to speak roughly once, maybe twice a year. But this guy does a lot more than that. He serves this body relentlessly. He goes over and above when it comes to our kids, our youth. And it doesn't stop with our kids and our youth. He does things for this body, whether you're young adults or adults. He has a heart for community church, but more than that, he has a heart for the Lord. And so this morning as he comes, can we welcome him? Come on, church. Paul's been really weepy lately. Let me tell you something. That's a good thing. That's a Holy Spirit thing, right? That's a good thing because God is getting a hold of this man's heart and everything is getting handed over to Jesus. Ooh, that's not always easy. Bless this man in Jesus' name as he shares with us today. <laughs> Where's the Kleenexes? Perfect, good. Someone throw me a box. Um, I actually was joking with Natalia this morning. She, uh, she, I was just laying in bed and she came and she's like, get out of bed. And uh, she's like, it's okay to cry in front of everybody. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. It's already started. Come on, let's go. Um, before I, uh, today's going to be a little bit different. Um, I have a few thoughts sometimes, <laughs> and, uh, and so today might be a little bit all over the place, um, but the comfort I had this morning is that I'm not the Holy Spirit. And my heart is not that I say something magical that, you know, revolutionizes your life. But my heart this morning is that 
the Holy Spirit will speak to every single person. Because we're all on something different. Because we're all on some part of our different journey. Right? Uh, and, and God has us at different places, at different times, in different seasons. And that's okay. Um, and so my heart this morning is that the Holy Spirit speaks to you where you're at. Um, and, and it seems like there's a theme going on in our church. Uh, a few weeks ago, when me and Chris were kind of talking about me speaking this morning, months ago, God kept bringing up that there's a, it's, it's a new season, and it's time for some new hope. Uh, and, uh, and, and then a couple weeks ago, we had Pastor Bob Crocker here, and he hit on that, that hope. And then uh, Pastor Mark spoke last week about overcoming. And sometimes we let our hope die. And it's actually our, our time and our job to actually overcome and push into what God has for us to restore our hope in places where maybe we've given up. And, uh, and then we were singing about it this morning, Right? We kind of get our, our focus on so many things in life, and we kind of get caught up in, you know, the finances and relationships and all these different things, and, and sometimes God's just saying, hey, just focus on me and let go of your expectation, let go of your beliefs, let go of what your plan is, and actually just settle into what my plan is, because God doesn't work on our timeline, you know, God doesn't work the way that we think he should, and, and, and I think we're all testament to that. Um, at the beginning of this year, uh, January 1st, I was, I was sitting at home, um, and, uh, and, and I may talk a little bit about this or tell you guys, give you guys an update, but my and Natalia's life for the last, like, eight months has been a whirlwind. Um, so much going on. And, uh, and, I w- and I was sitting in my chair uh, at home, and, uh, and, and I was just preparing for church and just like sitting in silence and listening to God and, and reading my Bible. And, and, uh, and, I, and I clearly heard um, God say to me, doors and windows. And, uh, and, and I felt like that was a word for our family in this season. And above that, as I was kind of talking with God about it and asking, I actually felt like it was a word for a bunch of people in our church, uh, in, even in our community. And as I was kind of processing through what, what that meant and, and praying about it, um, God kind of showed me that windows have a function. And when we actually open up our windows, the light comes in. And, and we actually need to allow the light of God to shine into our lives um, because we desperately need it. Uh, because if you go too long in darkness, it gets depressing and sad. But when you let the light of God in, it actually can change things. Um, and, but the opposite side of that is it actually reveals those dark things that are in there, which we shy away from, but is actually needed if we want to move on. And, uh, and, and so God is showing me that, that this season... Um, the light of God was actually going to shine into our family and show us some things so that we could grow and get better and move on. And, uh, and, and then the second part of that was, was the doors part, and I was just praying about it. And God, God kind of said, doors allow two things. They allow something to come, and they also allow things to go. And sometimes to move on in our life, we actually need to let things go. And, uh, and the theme of this year, kind of even over the last few weeks, we've seen in the church of there's been a bunch of new baptisms. Um, there's been things being broken off and released. And, uh, and, and, and new things starting. And for the new things to start, the old things have to go. So we have to actually allow the new things that God has for us in, but we also have to let go of the old things that we've been holding on to, whether that's a habit, whether that's a relationship that we know needs to <laughs> needs to move on 
or whatever it is, right? Our beliefs, our thoughts, our ideas, and we actually need to let those go and say, okay, God, give me what's new and what you have for me in this next season. Um, Because uh, two years ago when Nat and I got married, um, there were some some things that you, when you get married, you have to let go of some stuff. And, uh, And so over the last two years, year and a half, we've both been letting go of some stuff. And I believe that this is the new season because we were willing to let go of some stuff, whether it was beliefs about ourselves, beliefs about each other, whatever it was. And, uh, and, and God opened so many doors and shut so many windows, and, or shut so many doors and opened so many windows in our life in the last six months. Um, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it, but uh, uh, just as like a, another testimony, um, I, I owned a condo on the West End that I owed more than it was worth because the condo market in Edmonton is trash. And God actually opened a window uh, last summer and list, we listed the condo and had three deals fall through. And then when we'd given up hope, because we're like, okay, we'll list it. After Ellie's born, we're just going to stay in Edmonton for the next year. A week after she was born, we got two offers in a day and accepted the second offer. And so December 23rd, we actually moved to Spruce Grove um, because God had just opened some doors and windows. Um, The fact that Ellie was born is God opening a door and a window. And and it's brought so much healing in the last couple of years. And there's just been thing after and after and after. God's been like revealing things to Natalia that I'm like, what the? <laughs> um, and so I actually am, am saying all this as an encouragement to you. Because God wants to open some doors and windows in your life. And God wants to actually restore some hope where you have maybe given up or you have quit or you don't see a way. Um, and part of that is just letting go of our expectation. Right? Um, and so, that one was for free. Um, <laughs> so be willing to let go of what needs to be let go. Kick it out the door. So God can bring in some new stuff. Because Jesus is hope. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, so having said all that, we're going to do church a little bit different. Um, and so, so what I actually want to do today is I'm going to make you guys talk to each other. Um, and so, so I'm going to ask a question. So look around if you see anybody sitting by themselves. If you're at home and you're by yourself, just talk to your cat. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but just grab somebody close to you, and, uh, and I'm going to ask you a question in a second, and I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to talk about it. Sound good? Okay. Okay, so if you don't have anyone you need to get up and move, go for it. You don't have to talk to your spouse if you don't want to. You can. You can move. Okay. Um, so before I ask you the question... Uh, I'm going to read, Job's been on my heart lately. Uh, So I'm going to read Job 1. Courtney's going to put it up there. And uh, and just the the first part there. Uh, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of... (laughs) I'm trying to hear how many different interpretations there are. I'll just go with that one. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days... Because they knew how to party. 
Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Now, as, as we read this, I think we can all agree that we can kind of like see God's hand in Job's life, right? It, it, it was evident in, in his heart and how he lived his life. And it was also evident uh, in how God had blessed him. And so here's the question I want you to talk to each other about. Think about your life in the past, and I want you to think of a time or a season or a situation where you very clearly, like looking back now, because hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Um, think of a time when you saw God work in your life. And I want you to just share that with the person uh, that you're partnering up with, okay? So if you need a couple of seconds to think about it, think about it. But what's a time that God clearly worked uh, in your life or in a certain situation, go. Okay, if you didn't finish, take that person for lunch after church and tell them all about it. Okay, so bringing it back in, bringing it back in. I can do this all day, I work with teenagers. Um, uh, the, the one I'm willing to bet that for most of our stories, if we look back over our life and we kind of look at where God did things or moved, I'm willing to bet that there was a common theme that God didn't work in the way we thought he would. And we didn't think he worked on our timeline. That was terrible grammar. I'm going to say that again. And God didn't work on our timeline, Right. We thought it would work a certain way. We thought this would work out in this way. And we thought that he would do it immediately. And instead, he took five, ten years, right? Or he uh, moved things around to work on our heart so that we were actually ready to handle the thing that he wanted to do in us. And, and I'm willing to bet that in every story, there was some underlying theme of that. And then, and then we... we Hopefully you know the story of Job. If you, if you don't, read this book. It will wreck you in so many ways and in so many good ways. Um, but, uh, but then uh, Satan and God have a conversation, and God allows Satan to, um, uh, uh, to tempt Job by basically destroying everything. So I'm going to pick up uh, in verse 12. Sorry, Courtney, I'm starting in 12. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with the news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys, feeding beside them. When the Sabines raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. The three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in the old, their oldest brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. To which we all respond, my problems are not that bad. <laughs> when we take a step back and look at them. Job stood up. And tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. In the middle of all that, I'm pretty sure Job had some things that he had hoped and prayed to God about. Right? Life happened to Job. We are all the same. Right? We all want life to be like equal and even and all the good things to happen. But the reality of life is life is up, it's yeah. down, it's the extreme highs, it's the extreme lows. Yeah. And so here's the second question that you're going to talk about with your partner. 
Is there an area in your life or a situation in your life currently at this moment that you want God to move or do something? So think about right now. If it's super personal, don't use names. (laughs) But is there actually an area in your life right now where you want God to move uh, or to do something or to do some kind of work uh, in your life or the person of someone you know? Okay, so I'll give you a couple minutes to talk about that. Go. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. The danger when we don't see God moving is that we want to blame him or to blame other people or to blame circumstances rather than recognizing and saying, hey God, you know what? Through all of this, I know that you are in it and I will just worship you. Sometimes bad things happen because God wants our attention. And, uh, and, and I can look back over my life and there, there's a certain scenario um, that happened where I, now being older and wiser, I can actually recognize how God was moving. Um, when I was younger, I had the honor, actually my whole family is pretty much here. I'm super excited. Uh, when I was a young teenager, I had the honor of my sister found an incredible man of God. And, uh, and, and when I was younger, I'm not going to look at them because I'll start crying. <laughs> so I'm going to look this way. Um, uh, uh, both my sisters found incredible men. And when I was a teenager and growing up, um, I got to watch them model what a godly marriage looked like and what raising healthy kids looked like. And they weren't perfect, but for me, I would watch them and I'd be like, that's amazing. And there was that deep down inside of me of like, I, I want that. When I'm, when I'm old and I have a wife and kids, I want to live for God the way that they are doing it. And that desire and that dream burned inside of me for so long. And, uh, and, and then, you know, life happens and, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty open about this, but when I was in my early 20s, I got married. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's finally happening. And then divorce happened. And it was like ultimate low, right? Just rock bottom. Which was the worst season of my life. But what God did in that season was actually the best season of my life. And created me. He pointed me in the right direction using the people around me to actually uh, build the man I am today. And, and, and that dream, even in the darkness, still I had hope for it. But then things started like, you know, started getting in my late 20s, and then my early 30s, and then my mid-30s, and, uh, and, and there was something inside of me that wanted to die, that just wanted to give up on that hope and give up on that dream, and just like, hey God, I don't trust you anymore with this part of my life. And um, there has to be a point where we just say, God, whatever you want. Um, And so that was kind of my journey leading up to when me and Natalia got married. And I actually asked her to come share a little bit of her journey. She hates that I asked her to do this. Um, But uh, but she's actually going to come and share a little bit of her testimony. Is that okay? Shalom, shalom. (laughs) The whole church body doesn't know. A lot of the women do. A couple years ago, I got up in front of everybody at our ladies' retreat. Yep, thanks. (laughs) And uh, shared and asked, asked uh, the women to pray for me. So what it is is um, I was also in my 20s and I was also married and um, I had four kids um, with my ex and Eden is the only one I have to show for it. And she was a gift. Um, 
my first was a boy, and uh, he passed away um, after a heart surgery that kind of went bad. He was only 11 weeks old. So the thing that, um, for me, is I have a, it's called a, a translocation, so it's a chromosome defect, um, which got passed on um, through my family. So uh, what that looks like is we all have our genes from our mom and our genes from our dad. Um, when it comes to the genes from my mom, I have number 14 and 13. Um, half of that, those chromosomes are switched. Okay, so I have what I need. It's called a balanced translocation, but when it comes to having kids, um, they said it's a 15% chance something might go wrong. And in my case, three out of four, right? Um, I had a brother who actually uh, passed away from it, so um, my mom has gone through the same situation. Um, but uh, it happened with my first, my son, Eden was healthy, and it happened with my second son and my daughter, um, Eve. So that's a lot to go through. <laughs> um, you know, between 23 and 29. So um, didn't know what the future held. Uh, marriage fell apart. A lot of healing needed to happen. I kind of blamed God. <laughs> I. I didn't follow Job, <laughs> so <laughs> I blamed God for a time, and I you know, pointed the finger at as many other people as I could. Um, but God didn't leave me there. And uh, he definitely let, <laughs> laid the groundwork for me to find my way here. He brought people into my life. Um, Mel was... Um, my ex-husband's first cousin, and she is my best friend. And through her and her walk and her love, she led me to other people, and she just gave the space for me to encounter God again. And then God led me here. Um, Darlene Michener had invited us for a Sunday morning, and when I walked in, the presence of God that was in this house was just like, I. I'm home, like God is here. If I need to deal with something or I need to say something, like <laughs> I know where to find him, right? <laughs> so, and you know, within the first week, there was some wailing service, and I'm just like, oh my God, something to do with mourning. And I'm like, you're talking to me every Sunday. I'm here, so I'm like, let's scream it out, right? So, it started some things, and I met Paul within a month of moving out here and it just started our friendship um sort of <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so because of my chromosome um issue i had to kind of go through the steps of do i want to get remarried again you know i like this guy I don't want this guy to have to go through what I went through, right? I know he wants a family, right? I don't know if I can deliver a family, right? And even that was something he had to go through with Eden. Like, is Eden enough for me? Which he said it was, and I was happy with that. He's taken on the responsibility of Eden since day one. And the relationship they have, I could have never, like... Paul's great dad, <laughs> right? So, um, so a lot of the women know this already, and they prayed for me two years ago, and a uh, year went by, and my mom came out, and so from the time we got married until March of the following year, we've had we had three miscarriages leading up to to Ellie. So that's still like. Do I trust you, God? Like, are you? Do we keep trying? Like, you know that sort of thing. And at that retreat, um, I was going through a miscarriage at that time, and it was I'm here, and I still believe wow. the promise you gave us 
I still believe you can do this, and I still believe you're going to bless our family. Wow. I'm like, and like Job, I claim everything back, <laughs> right? And I mean, he had a lot of hard work to do, right? But <laughs> I know he, like, in the last five years, just in my life alone, so much restoration, so many things. So it's like I have no doubt now that. It may not look the way I think it's going to look, but he's definitely going to come through. Yeah. So. That's good. Hey, anything else? That's good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to share a story to be like, oh, look at us. Woe is us. I wanted to share a story because God is a God of hope. And I feel like there's so many people and so many people in our community who are losing hope. And, uh, and, and we actually need to share our story to say, hey, God works through everything. Even, you know, um, the hard times and the good times. And, and, and I think a lot of it is just our attitude towards it and our heart posture. There was a time before we got married, a couple months before we got married, I realized that actually wanting a family had been an idol for a long time. And it's not bad to want, you know, to be married and want to have a family. But it had taken a place where it was a little bit more important than God. And I actually had this moment before we got married where I was sitting in my car and God started showing me this stuff. And I was just sitting there like weeping in my car. And, uh, and, and at the end of God doing a bunch of stuff in my heart, I actually had to say, okay, God, I'm just going to give this to you and I'm, I'm done holding on to it. If it happens, great. I'll celebrate. If it doesn't, I just have to trust you in the middle of it. And, um, and it wasn't easy. Um, and then we kind of think that life should be easier after, you know. But it, it's not. It's just up and down, up and down, right? It's just life is difficult and life is easy. But the point I'm trying to make is that God is a God of hope. Um, God is a God that sees us and knows us where we're at. I said at the beginning, we're all on a different part of a journey and, and, and God sees us at our journey where we're at. And, and, and even in those times that are hard and difficult, God is still working and still moving and still putting things in place um, for His glory and for His purpose and His plan. And so the reason we wanted to share our story is just because of reinforcing that point of God has a plan whether we see it or not. Um, and, and, and the other part of that is sometimes God's asking us to be faithful for the next generation. If God has given you a dream or a plan or whatever, um, and you don't see the fruit of it, it might be because you're just stewarding it for someone else to come. Right? King David collected all the parts for the, the uh, sanctuary, but he actually didn't get to build it. And I think sometimes it's so easy to just want to quit and give up. But actually, God wants us to steward what he's given us um, because of his plans, because he thinks multi-generational. He thinks in thousands and millions of billions of years, right? Whereas we kind of get stuck in our, well, next week I have to go get groceries. Um, and, uh, and, and so my heart today is just to encourage um, encourage those that need to hear it. Like, keep going. Keep pushing. God has a plan and God is working. Um, and so I'm... Oh, man. Nat, why did you have to ask me if I was going to cry? Um... So I'm, I'm excited because we actually decided we're going to dedicate our daughters this morning um, and, uh, and just say, God, these girls are yours. Uh, uh, so Ellie's in the back, and she's going to come up here, and Eden's in the back. Hi, beautiful. <laughs> and um, um, they're going to come up here, um, and we're going to dedicate both the girls, just as a sign that God is doing new things in this season. And this is not just about our family, it's actually about all of us. 
um, and we just get to be the representation uh, of it and the and the uh, hi um, we get to be kind of the 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 visual of it in a sense um, and so Chris and Jen are actually going to come and lead us through this but before they do one of the things God's been teaching me is that me and Nat are not raising these girls alone um, I didn't warn my family that I'm going to do this but you guys all need to come up here um, because my daughters need their praying grandmas and my daughters yeah you guys in the back I'm looking at you <laughs> They need their crazy uncles who are going to, like, you know, tease them. Uh, they need their crazy poppy. Um, Mike, get up here. Their crazy poppy who is just fun, right? Um, and the other part, too, um, we need a church family to raise kids. We're all in community, and we need um, leaders and pastors and those people. So I'm actually going to, if the leadership of you guys could come as well, um, while we do this, um, we need each other, is basically why I'm asking and throwing all my family under the bus and ask them to come up here in front of all you crazy people. Um, so if you want to come do... Wow. Well, what an amazing picture, isn't it? When you just get to see the whole family line. And uh, yeah, everybody else is wiping their eyes too, so you've done a great job, Paul. You've made your family cry. I'm sure many others have cried too, so good on you. But what an honor and a privilege to be able to have this moment. And I think this moment is so much more pressure after you hear that testimony, right? Like, you want to talk about overcoming, we just have to look at you guys. And you have learned how to overcome. And it's not an easy thing. But we do get to see the gift that is right in front of us as well. And you guys have a beautiful gift. And so this morning, we're just honored to have this opportunity just to pray over you guys, over your family. And as a church, like they said, it's, it's our job to pray for them. It's our job, you know, to think of them. It's our job to lift them up. It's not our job to judge them. It's our job to pray for them and lift them up, right? Because in all honesty, we're all family here, <laughs> right? All family. Um, so it's so interesting that Paul's t- talking about sort of this generational piece and the thought that kept going through my mind as I was sitting here listening was sometimes loss comes down a family line. Um, but, you know, God's intention is to bring restoration in a family line and, and to bring redemption in a family line and for his glory to be made known. And isn't this such a beautiful picture of uh, redemption and restoration and the glory of God being put on display in family lines? And that includes all of us, doesn't it? And so we get to dedicate these two girls to Jesus knowing that actually we're just agreeing with the inheritance that God has for them, spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically, etc. And as a family, we're saying we're going to put the glory of God on display and agree with his intention for them. What a beautiful picture, hey? Yeah. Okay, so... So for those of you that don't know these gals, this is Eden Mercy, Eden Mercy May, McIntyre, you got it. And then this is Eliana Marie. At one point in time, there was talk about two middle names, but apparently that got shut down. And, and so we're, we're going to dedicate these two girls to the Lord with the agreement of their family who says, yes, we'll pull down on the blessing of God into this family line into, and into their lives. So Chris, why don't you pray? So let's stand to our feet as a church and extend your hands towards them. Well, right now, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate these two wonderful children to Jesus Christ. Father, we pray right now that you would just begin to raise them up.
that you would begin to pour into them. You would begin to equip them with the things they need to navigate through this life. Father, as their parents continue to guide them and lead them and instruct them, God, I pray that they would hear these words. And Father, that these words would go deep into their hearts. And God, we pray that every circumstance and situation they go through in life, that they would draw from the river, they would draw from the source, that being Jesus Christ. And so this day, whatever adversity comes your way, we say that you will overcome it in Jesus' name. We say that you will overcome those moments that it doesn't seem like you can continue to go forward. We say because of Jesus Christ, you will never be stopped. You will always go forward. So we pray and we dedicate you to Jesus. And can we all say amen to that? Amen. And I know, Paul, you want to pray as well, right? Um, a few months ago, uh, God gave me this verse that I just wanted to read over my daughters. Uh, it's Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't... Hey, stop. For this reason also, since the day we heard you, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with... The knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work. And growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. You can't have my phone. (laughs) We sure are cute. The end of Job. Whenever I need like a reality check, or I just need to be reminded about who God is, I go to Job. And at, at the end, in, uh, in, verse, or in chapter 38, uh, God kind of responds to Job. And he says this, Who is this? <laughs> Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? (laughs) Reality check. Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, who stretched its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? Who determined the dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? And he goes on and on and on and on about how good and how great he is. And, and I feel like just as we're ending today as worship teams playing I just want the Holy Spirit to speak to us because there's some of us who 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 we've been praying into a situation and and we feel like it's hopeless and God actually wants to speak into you right now to restore that hope there may be some of you who have been holding on to something and God actually wants to speak into you and say you know what let it go there's maybe some of us who have an expectation or a or or we're praying for a certain situation and God's saying, that's not even for you, so just let it go. And and so in the next few minutes, as the worship team's playing, let God restore hope into your life. Let God restore hope into the situations. Let God restore hope into where you have given up or quit or you want to give up or quit. Because God laid the foundation of the earth. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And it might not look how you want it to. And it might not be on your timeline. 
But God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of you. So if you want to just stay where you're sitting, if you want to stand up and just raise your hand in worship, if you want to come up to the front, let's just spend the next few minutes turning our hearts and turning our our minds and our gaze toward the one who has a plan. in a minute we're going to release you guys to go the prayer team's going to come forward because i feel like there's some people in here today i don't want you leaving if you're feeling that lack of hope i want you to come and i want you to let our prayer team pray for you but i want to say this to paul and natalia can we thank them for their vulnerability I felt like I heard the Lord say to you too, well done, my good and faithful servants. I just pray the blessing of the Lord upon you both and upon your kids. And today you are a testimony to the church of Jesus Christ. And I actually believe this message you shared today isn't meant to stay here. I believe this message is meant to go out. I believe it's meant to bring freedom to others because everybody needs hope. And that's a powerful testimony of our Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray a blessing on each person in this room. I pray that nobody would leave here feeling hopeless. I pray today, Father, that they would feel the hope of Jesus Christ, which is available to every single person. So I pray the blessing of Jesus upon you as you leave. If you want prayer, please come to the front. Bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.